Welcome to Projects from the Heart podcast. Listen as we talk with changemakers who are forging ahead to follow their dreams and passions. Get inspired by these trailblazers and hear them share their secrets of success. Find that aha moment, that inspired one-liner that will propel you to live your dreams and a more fulfilled life. A warm welcome. Here we are again. I am Ingrid Verkamme, your host for this episode. I'm so excited to continue with Deepika Dominico's project from the heart. Yes, this is part two of healing the divine feminine in us. And previously we learned how Deepika started her journey and how she continued on her path. By spontaneously chanting a mantra at the bedside of her partner who passed away, Deepika Delmenico became aware of something. Something that was the beginning of her search for the meaning of life very philosophic, and a very deep dive into what healing is. Wasn't it wonderful to hear how Tipica was guided on her journey and to learn how stubborn she was, how she listened to her ego rather than her true self, her heart and her soul. Yes, but by surrendering herself, she became in flow and she found her calling, her purpose. And this is what this conversation is about. And the word is surrendered. You just have to surrender. Okay, I surrender. <laughs> I'm starting to get this. Okay, I surrender and and really dedicate my work to healing the great feminine principle in all living beings and, and the planet. Healing the feminine principle in all living beings is a huge assignment. What is it that we need to learn to do? It is what we need to hear and embrace, to understand where we've come from, who we are, and how we can meet what's coming at us. Oh, that's an interesting question. Who are we, woman? In anthroposophical context, looking at the human being, you know, of the, the four levels of the being, of ego or the spirit organization, the astral body, the etheric body and and of the physical body, women have more dominance of the forces in their body that are adaptable by nature. And, And just through the menstrual cycle itself, that ability to let go and recreate each month during the woman's menarche years, give the inherent capacity to be able to be more malleable to be able to be more adaptable and change. And in that way, to be able to be more responsive. So men have a lot to learn. They are learning fast. When you look around how men are behaving now and you compare it with 20 years ago, that's a big difference. Mm. So the changes are smooth and they're coming. That's a really good sign. It's, it is. It is. And it's also it's healing for them. It's healing for us all. Because this principle, this whole feminine principle, you know, it's not men versus women. It's not women versus men. It's not one being made greater than the other. It's we're talking about nature. We're simply talking about nature, you know, so we can resist nature and come off second best or we can work with nature. We can understand nature. So it's embodying this principle in, in men as well. And, and so women have so much to learn about that too, to learn about this, this, this quality, this all-pervasive quality, this power. 
what you're talking about, the holistic healing is not, not only just from people, but from the whole world. It's the same principle. The yin yeah. and yang has to be in balance and mm-hmm. we have to bring the balance back. And when that is restored, nature is restored and everything will be fine. Totally, totally. And women, I think, have... Um women have become so one-sided women have just become so great at pushing 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 forcing 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 and using you know and the capacity has been there to do it especially again through the reproductive years the drive the motivation the fuel is there to be able to just bulldoze through obstacles and then of course for many women too the cracks would start to appear when physiologically those uh, resources became less. Can you explain what you mean by cracks starting to appear when resources become less? Physiologically, you know, woman be- begins to move into another phase of life, which by nature is a more spiritual phase of life. And it's often commanded that we pull back, that we don't drive and push so hard because what was very quantitative becomes less. But what is very qualitative becomes more and more refined. So we can, you know, harness that and in fact work and be greater leaders than we could ever imagine Mm. if we have understood our composition and nourished ourselves and take time to really, you know, look after our inner life and just embody these principles. Stop forcing and pushing so hard. Take time to rest a little more, to do less, to be more. Wow, wise words. Well, actually, as a matter of fact, I am a living example. I had tremendous problems with letting go and to do less, be more. Just difficulties to embody these principles you're talking about. But how come that women have such an aversion to doing less? I think that this is still has, I really believe this still has a long, long way to go because so many women upon reaching this phase of life, they are still under so many societal expectations to be producing and living in a certain way. And then within their home and their life circumstances, they feel the pressure to do so because they may find themselves still with young children or, or having to care for, even having to work full time and care for grandchildren, still having mortgage repayments or rent repayments, whatever it is, the obligations still feel so great that they don't feel there is um, capacity or any possibility of doing less and is that what you're teaching now that's what i've always taught you know it's interesting i would um ingrid years ago like teaching workshops say ayurveda for women workshops in the workshops for women during their reproductive years their menstrual years say if there was capacity for 50 people in a workshop there might be 25 30 women come to the reproductive years workshop. But then the, um, the second half of menopause and beyond, they'd be packed to the rafters with waiting oh, lists. You oh, know, of course, that? because nobody had the time or nobody needed it or no, everybody felt invincible early on. And then the cracks start to appear. And it's like, I need to find another way. 
because depending of course on how we've lived in those earlier years including having you know our relationship to this whole divine feminine principle as it lives through us in in the essence of our womanhood will determine our experience of menopause and the second half of life and it's the wisdom years my goodness me it's when we've really got the golden opportunity to embrace our wisdom to be the elder to be the leader that the world really needs through the stories and experience of our life yeah it's you know women are duping themselves if they don't pay attention until the cracks start to appear so this back to the rafters amount of women that come in what exactly were they missing what what was it that they were looking for then they're looking for a relationship to that which gives meaning and vitality to that which lights them up and that's hard to find by themselves to fill up that emptiness inside if you're not embodied if you're not anchored in your body if metabolic processes are not working efficiently if the biological humors are not somewhat aligned then it's really difficult to find because what is experienced is many different things can be experienced but one of the most common things experienced is that you will be living from your head and your will forces will become more and more difficult to really harness and direct purposefully in the way that you strive you know that, that you created for them to and so there's a discord there's a discord and and in that discord there is a fatigue they be most a lot of women are afraid what will the others say mm. this is not appropriate i do something wrong that yeah. i'm yes and yeah. it's still there right? that's a, it's so there it yeah. is still there the, i think that one of the hardest things to do is to be able to stay in our own lane yep. it is really hard to do it i find it you know i have to work so hard to stay in my own lane and once i was interviewing a great vedic astrologer charlotte benson and she said women have to learn to mind their own business mind their own business what do you mean she said women find it really hard to mind their own business so they have to learn to mind their own business and i loved that because what i heard her say was your only business is to take care of this yourself you you put that yourself and your body this is the business and so when we're anchored when we're embodied when we get out of our head and get down into our you know our organs of metabolism through our feeling organs our our feeling rhythmic realm of the heart and the lungs then we can come in to our own lane then we can actually start to experience more about who we are and the coulda shoulda woulda or the what will they think what will he think what will she think it doesn't matter it because it's 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 like noise that's so loud and so constant and it just dissipates it's just not there and then then the vitality starts coming up because the connection that everyone's ultimately seeking is the circuitry's put in place to experience it so life becomes meaningful and then the courage is there to just start to share the stories that the world's been waiting for 
and that the world needs. By doing so, because I went through the whole thing on my own. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know you, otherwise perhaps I could have followed the course. That's a hard, it's a lonely journey, right? <laughs> so I did it all on my own. And then you see at a certain moment when you set your boundaries and you know what you want, when people that you think, I don't want to do that to please her or him or whatever, because I do not feel like it. So I just do my own thing. You're going to lose friends, but you make different type of friends. Yes. It's a huge shift, but everything in nature has a use-by date. We won't put things off the shelf, but we leave it there. And it's just, it becomes such a burden. And it's, it's the true. same even with relationships. Like it's... When it's over for you, then it's over. Somebody could have a meaning in your life. And once you have learned your lesson or whether it was the last fear that you had to let go, then that person can walk out. And new people come in your life and you are actually level a level higher yeah. to experience life and you see things in another light. And it, it, it comes gradually and it's a little bit frightening as well. I was really frightened to be on my own, but I did it anyway. And once you have adjusted and adapted to the new situation, it feels so much better. Yeah. Mm. And when I like to do nothing during the day, I do not do a single thing. When I like to work, I work. And that feels great. It's such a freedom. Absolute freedom. Oh. That's fantastic. Now going back to Ayurveda, I think Ayurveda has also an impact on me finding my strength. Since March last year, I have become an Ayurveda Vata woman, <laughs> detoxing my body with specific food. And the result was that I lost as well lots of weight. My problem now is to regain that weight. However, I found my balance and it is like I have found myself. I found me, my strength. Was that also the impact of Ayurveda? You know, Ayurveda, the lungs of Ayurveda are about cleansing and nourishing cleansing and nourishing so then coming back to staying in our own lane we can love and be of service love and be of service so it's this reciprocal relationship and whilst you may be slimmer or thinner than you would like to be at the moment you know what's your vitality if your vitality feels great if you wake up enthusiastic and you've got lots of energy and your body feels strong. And most people, you know, there, there's, a, there's a lot of people out there that would love your problem. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can think so, but I'm a little bit skinny. Now. Because, you know, it's so interesting. People over the years clinically would come and they would say, you know, there, there could be so much going on in their lives. Oh, my goodness me. And, um, but the, the, the thing that they would share that they were concerned about was the extra... Kilos. 10 pound oh, or five kilo that you know that they just couldn't shift really those kilograms are not the main issue the cause is the baggage they carry that is what makes them sick the scars of traumas indeed it's a matter of getting that insight bounce back and to forgive yeah 
forgiveness is is amazing because again like if um you know I'd, I'd find in the pulse of patients so much grief and uh, and so it would be i would recommend the forgiveness marma forgiveness exercises because what do we do we exactly we all have trauma there's trauma in life to be alive there is trauma it's pretty traumatic when we take our first breath and so we have to be able to breathe life into that part of us that has become blocked and is an impediment to the flow of prana to the flow of consciousness through us and so there's all sorts of methods and techniques that we try to do that there's all sorts of therapies available to do it like i mean you could be on google doctor full time trying to find them but if we can bring it you know if we can bring breath to it bring conscious breath to it i think is a is a really really powerful effective starting point why is this the starting point can you dive into this because it builds up circuitry so that this intelligence that governs us ultimately this quality of light that is compressed into our physical form can move through us more greatly and and then we're really you know our own resonance is able to heal those those broken unseen parts of us i like to refer back to our first conversation where you were talking about chanting mantras you love sounds and mantras and you use them a lot so sounds are cleansing energies because because um so sanskrit is the language of it's the language of the gods really but sanskrit um the letters of sanskrit are composed of uh cosmic vibrations patterns and they all have a specific qualitative effect on us on different parts of our being so that's what mantras are mantras are qualities that works on different aspects of our beings they work because they are composed of resonance sound they are very very light they're light compressed into sound so they work sonically it's like a supercharged sonic resonance working through us when we work with mantra and so they work on the most invisible most subtle aspects of our being on the most subtle sheaths and so what does that mean well mantra literally means that which protects the mind uh-huh. that is mantra it is that which protects the mind and so it starts working on the mind because that's a really really subtle aspect of our being where the the light is not so comp- compressed into a dense physical form and so mantra will start wiggling and jiggling and working on our mental channels on the quality of our mental life and because it works from the most inner to the outer the radiance we perceive in a person the presence the you know that it's so wonderful to be in the company of great presence it's just like wow what is that you know i'm sort of drawn like a moth to the light like (laughs) (laughs) i get stuck there i have to keep coming back you know onto myself because i'm oh i'm so drawn to it and so mantra creates that because it's working from the most subtle inside out so whatever is stuck in us whatever trauma whatever experience we've had that we haven't been able to digest 
it's tamasic, it's heavy, it's dark, it's, you know, it's, it's inert. And so the sonic resonance, it starts to work on it. It wiggles and jiggles and it activates it. So that which is heavy and dull in us starts to be activated. And then there's qualities of in mantra that are stimulating. And so then it start, you start to activate and then you start to stimulate it into motion, into movement. And then there's the qualities. And these qualities underpin everything in the universe, all of nature. They, under, they underpin the doshas in Ayurveda. So then it moves to that which is light. So it starts to purify. It starts to make more light. So mantra is just extraordinary, especially for you. It is, it was, still is. You know, life was pretty full on for me and I, I was hanging on to it like a life jacket. Uh, even in that crisis moment of, you know, being faced with the death of somebody I loved in, in front of me, mantra, that was really a life jacket to keep mm -hmm. me in my own body. Um, and, and I still use it that way in, in crisis. The resonance of it becomes part of you. And, and you're doing it without um, intentionally. Yeah, and breathing is also very important, breathing. Uh, you know, I didn't realise until I was almost 50 years old that I didn't breathe well. And that was a big one to own because, you know, um, as a health practitioner and teaching workshops all these years and, and, and having gone to yogasana classes, you know, since my 20s and I was a shallow breather. I breathed from, you know, the chest up. So really I was just breathing into areas that were stimulating the fight and flight was part of me. And, and it wasn't until, yeah, until I was 50 that I had an epiphany moment when I was working with Sanskrit sounds and I realised, oh, my gosh, I've been breathing against life. I haven't been breathed by life. I've been breathing against it. Yeah, breathing in life. That's the first thing a baby does. Draws in breath in and cry. Yeah, it's the first thing we do, isn't it? It's the first of seven living processes, the in-breath. Yeah. And um, But how do we have clarity? How do we have, you know, energy and enthusiasm and vitality if, if we're only breathing into our head? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true, true. Yeah, what about the rest of our body? And and so then, it, it, again, life becomes harder. Life now, just becomes harder in all aspects. You've done already a lot of things. Eh? You have written a number of books. You do mm. this, um, this teaching already for 20 years and mm. longer. And uh, you're still moving forwards on the same path. What is now next for you? That's a fantastic question. The last 12 months of my life have really seen me in an incubation phase. They've seen me in, it's felt like an abyss. And, and I've come to recognise that the abyss is a very exciting place to be because pure creatorship can emerge from, from that abyss. But my busy mind and my control <laughs> wanted to know what that would look like. So it's still emerging. 
but I think the next 12 months are, are really uh, about expanding my ownership and maturation of leadership, of feminine heart-centered leadership. And we found a nice group to do that. Yes. <laughs> Yes, and and when you're ready, the opportunities just start coming, don't they? Yes, that's true. That's the beauty of it. Huh? Yeah. After a while, you attract the right people, and uh, then you can move a mountain. Yeah, yeah. And so I've, in fact, even I said yes just this week to to participating in a 12-month women's leadership program, and uh, so really committing myself to to that aspect of the next stage of the journey. So that leadership program, what is that about? Is that something that you created or do you do that? With no, no, no. It's not something that I created. Um, I am participating in, in a program that's already created and, um, and it's really going to call on me to grow in areas that, that can be strengthened in terms of communication and conflict resolution and team management and wow you think you know it all but it's always learning and learning and growing it doesn't it never stops huh i know isn't it the more we know the less we know like yes indeed yeah but it's it's wonderful it's exciting Yes, it is exciting and it's exciting for yourself that you grow, but with what you're learning, you can give that further to others and others can grow as well. And that's yes. the beauty of what you're doing. Yeah, it's really, for me, it's about, you know, my ultimate prayer is to be an instrument of service. So it's continually surrendering, surrendering, surrendering to all that I ascribe to myself and looking after my skin suit <laughs> so that so that I can be of service. Wow, that's great. Well, I thank you so much for this conversation. Thank you, Ingrid. Deepika, this was wonderful. A pickup. Thanks so much for tuning in. And before we leave, perhaps something sparked in you. You may have questions or just want to surround yourself with like-minded people, other entrepreneurs and women beyond ordinary. Join our Facebook page and also a closed group, WBO Exclusive Club, where women can be open and where it is safe to talk and get inspired. We would love you to tune in soon. Have a lovely day.